So, I hear from you. Yes. Right before. <laughs> That you have a really good food heist. I do have a really good food heist. Okay. This is the last of our historical food heists. Ooh. You ready okay. for this? Mm-hmm. So during World War II, we rationed things. Yes. You know, in the States, but also in other countries in Europe, England and Scotland and so on were rationing things very heavily yes. as well, including whiskey. I believe we also rationalized a lot of things during World War II. We also did. We justified mm-hmm. a lot of things as well. In the Outer Hebrides, off the north coast of Scotland, okay. there was a ship called the SS Politician that ran aground mm. during the middle of the war and during the middle of the whiskey rations, and guess what its hold was full of? Whiskey? Correct. Wow. So and- there's a joke there. It's the politician, <laughs> it's off course and misguided, mm-hmm. and its belly is full of whiskey. Yeah. When no one else has any. Like that political cartoon writes itself, yes. right? So what happened over the course of several months is that the people on the island would like sneak out in the night and take all of this whiskey out of the hold. 20 of them ended up being arrested and mm. imprisoned but only for like a couple of weeks. Much of the whiskey was eventually returned, but then they kept like sneaking back out and stealing it again. Finally, they got another ship up there, loaded all the whiskey, sailed it off to its, you know, some warehouse somewhere where most of it was stolen en route. (laughs) (laughs) How was it stolen en route? I don't know. Pirates or just... I assume sailors Sailors on the ship. Sailors just drinking it? Yeah. So... Wonder why it ran aground in the first place. (laughs) Maybe it's a miracle it didn't run aground a second or third or fifth time. Right. So anyway, I don't know if that's a heist heist, Mm. but there were at very least several daring midnight raids to sneak down into the water and oil-filled engine room of this ship and steal bottles of whiskey. So... That, at least I can imagine the movie in my head. And mm. there actually was a movie made of this, though I forget what it was called. Probably called, hey, there's a bunch of wet whiskey out there. I don't know what it was what, called. What, what was that title, Dan? <laughs> you know how bad I am at titling things. Oh, man. Let me That's, find... There's a podcast there sometime, because you I am... You know how bad I am at titling things. I am also... The podcast. Erratic at titling things. Sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm awful. Okay, so the actual movie title is slightly better than mine. It is Whiskey Galore with an exclamation point. That's not a very good title. No, it's not. Any yeah. title that has punctuation in it yeah. is already, yeah. Oh, there's got to be some really great Some really great one that punctuation. has punctuation yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. What's up, Doc? Yeah, there Question you go. mark right at the there end of go. there. Well, there you That's go. I one just of your favorite movies. Disproved my own theory. Now, at the same time, I don't think that's a very good title. Whiskey Galore? No. What's up, Doc? What's up? You don't like What's Up, Doc? I have become fond of the movie after my wife has mm-hmm. strapped me to a chair with chains and forced <laughs> me to watch it multiple times. She is doing the Lord's work. But I think it's a dumb title. Like, is it referencing Bugs Bunny? It's a Bunny? direct reference to Bugs Bunny, and basically it's their way of saying, hey, look. We're doing wacky cartoon-style shenanigans, but with people. Right. So your title, relying on a reference to some other media Mm -hmm. to that regard, seems like a bad idea to me. Partially because 
I also think that Bugs Bunny doing What's Up Doc was probably a reference to something before. It's like maybe it might have just been the voice actor Mm. because apparently a lot of just how he talked came into the characters. But regardless, I think that's an awful title. It makes me wonder what other famous cartoon quotes would be used as movie titles. Like what catchphrase of a cartoon character. And all I can think of, literally the only one that comes into my head is just Mickey going, <laughs> like, and that's an even worse title, right? Does Mickey? I, I, I'm I can't, so baffled. I can't do the laugh. I am, but Mickey has like a high-pitched laugh that would make a terrible movie title. It would, but Mickey laughing is when you not like Woody Woodpecker who has an iconic laugh. See? Not. <laughs> that would be great. Would you spell it out? Or would it just be like in brackets, imagine Woody Woodpecker laughing, and that's the, the title of the movie. That's you actually know, an amazing title. That's a pretty a good title. <laughs> for all the fact that I don't like What's Up Doc for referencing something else. Like, I don't know. I think it's a weak title. One of the reasons I had never watched it is the title just didn't tell me Anything about anything it. about the movie, and so I'm just like, what kind of is it a comedy? I didn't know. Maybe if I were more steeped in Looney Tunes <laughs> culture, and would be like, oh, they're obviously referencing Bugs Bunny, which means they're making a screwball comedy. But I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there aren't really any strong naming conventions for screwball comedies or farces. Yeah, so. They didn't have much to rely on. Happened on the way to the forum is Mm -hmm. one that I do like. I think that's that's very good. good. And again, is a reference, but this time to like kind of vaudeville comedian. Yeah, which is what they were going for in the show. And I think the reason it is a better title is you know what kind of movie it is, even if you don't know the reference. A funny thing happened on -hmm. the way to a place. You're like, ah, okay, it's it's going to be a comedy. It's yeah. going to be funny. And you mention the form, you're like, okay, it's maybe historical, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. Roman historical comedy. Yeah. And lo and behold, that's what it is. Well, and taking, you know, a very specific, like, Catskills comedian joke yes. setup mm-hmm. and turning it into a Roman thing. Yes. I, it gives you your strange attractor, yeah. which is your mashup of I two things. It. And so that's just such a better title for a very similar type of movie. So... I do need to tell you, mm-hmm. when I was finishing up Dark One, yes, I needed an address for something, and I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was Paul's house or something. Uh-huh. And I totally stole the one out of What's Up Doc at the end, where they send one character to the wrong place. It's something, something, Dorella Street. Mm. I used that in Dark One. I don't know if it will survive till the, the final like print edition, but that's what's in there now. How do you title your books? How do I title my books? Yes. Poorly. <laughs> you have a couple of really Most great Most of titles. my famous titles were given to me by the editors. Yeah. Like, I am not a serial killer. That is literally the placeholder that I just named the document, thinking, oh, I'll come up with a better name later. Mm-hmm. And our mutual friend and uh, editor, Moshe Fetter, he's like, no, that's, that's absolutely the title. You have to use that. Mm-hmm. And then I Don't Want to Kill You came from... My German editor, Karsten, mm-hmm. over your dead body. That was him, too. So, yeah. So your editors know. are naming your books? My editors are naming my books. Yeah, this is, At this least is those three. a thing that we run into with Dan is your endings are always <laughs> very different from how they end up in the final book, oh, shall we say? For sure. And your titles. Now, 
I wish I could joke with you about this, but I find that I have a lot of trouble with titles sometimes too. Titles are hard. It's a tough sort of thing to encapsulate the entire soul of a story into two or three words, maybe five or six, depending on your type of story, Mm -hmm. that readers are going to judge so much based on that. And then if the book becomes famous, then that association becomes associated with you, and it's it's rough. Yeah, it is hard. One of my titles, I think my my middle grade series, mm-hmm. those all have great titles, and those I'm very proud of. Zero, Zero G, G. Yeah. basically kind of wrote the book knowing that that would be the title for it, and in many ways structured certain elements so that that could be its title. You know, I've done that. I decided on that I was going to name a book The Way of Kings. Mm-hmm. before I wrote The Way of Kings. Yeah. Now, Stormlight was growing out of a bunch of different things in my brain at the time, and I'd written some elements before, but I just had that title come to me. I'm like, ah, The Way of Kings. It feels like a fantasy book title. It does. It kind of works with a lot of the naming conventions, and mm-hmm. there's something about it. And Well, and that title mm-hmm. famously was around for so long before the book was around yes. that it had a multitude of fake reviews on Amazon, right? Or oh, Goodreads man, yeah. Or something. I, gotta, I don't know that we've told this story on the podcast before. No, we haven't. Maybe- um, Are those archived somewhere? We've got them. We've got screenshots. So maybe I can find them for Adam. They might be in reference on my Dropbox, but- when I was first selling books to tour, this yes. is 2003. Mm-hmm. So 20 years Way ago. Way back in the day. Tour Moshe wanted to buy two of my books. He's like, well, I really like Elantris, which is why it's made to him. What else are you working on? And I said, I've got this project called The Way of Kings. And I sent in the book, and it was like 300,000 words. It's Way of Kings Prime, yeah. which people can download And that's now. one that I've read yeah. I think in writing group. You did read that in writing yeah. group. And it was a big beastly book that spiraled out of control on me by the end, but was super ambitious and things like this. And he got that book and he called me back and he was just like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I love how ambitious it is, but it is a giant commitment to go and ask them to buy this other book as a part of a different contract for a yeah. much smaller scale mm-hmm. book. Do you have anything else? And I said, yes, I'm working on a new book called Mistborn. I think it's going to be right what you want. It is going to launch a series, but it's more self-contained than Stormlight is. And plus, Way of Kings doesn't work yet, and I need to revise it before it does. Yeah. And so we never signed a contract for Way of Kings. We signed a contract for Launchers and Mistborn book one. Yeah. For some total of 20000 for both books. Nice. Yes. They had offered 5000 per book, and Joshua argued them up to 10000 per book. <laughs> and so that happened. And then mysteriously, a few years later, an Amazon listing for The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson popped up. And I have no idea to this day how this happened. I was going to ask because I've never understood how that appeared either. Right? Like, how did they get a hold that I was writing this book and who put up a listing? Was it some mistake on Tor's part where they had thought that they were buying this other book because for some reason it mm-hmm. was misnoted and they were just listing all the books they were going to have for sale and making Amazon pages for them? Did Amazon try to scoop and heard somehow internally through some industrial and espionage <laughs> of new books coming out and got the wrong one? Why would they make 
a title page, a page for selling the Way of Kings, a pre-order page. Mm-hmm. The Way of Kings came out in 2010, the one that I wrote. This appeared in like 2006, and I had no intention at that point yeah. of releasing it anytime soon. Well, fans started reading my books and started becoming fans. I guess people started reading my books and started <laughs> becoming fans. And so they started to research me. They started to get really excited by Mistborn. This was about the Mistborn 2 slash 3 era where I started to actually pick up a fandom. Yeah. And they found this book. And they're like, what is this? And I said, oh, it's this thing. And I told them a little bit about it. It'll be someday my big epic fantasy property project, I yeah. should say. But it's not ready yet. So they latched onto this and started creating fake reviews because Amazon let you submit reviews of things even if it wasn't for sale yeah, and, and even it let if they you didn't exist send product <laughs> shots and so my fans started making fake book covers for the way of kings nice. and uploading them to this thing and releasing it had dozens of reviews mm-hmm. for a book that didn't exist well and reviews that referenced other books yes like the road of kings and the yes. you know the path of princes and yes every combination of Means of travel and position of authority. And the best one came when someone photoshopped an epic fantasy version of Elvis, the king. Okay. And made a fake book cover with Elvis on the cover with a big quote at the bottom from like the New York Post or something made up. It said, a honka honka burning good book. <laughs> and posted that with all these fake, there it is. There it is. Yeah, we'll oh, put that up that say? on hunk- YouTube or something. What does it actually say? A honkin' good book. Is that, is that what book. it says? A honking good book. Who do they attribute that to? Is it the newspaper or is it Terry Goodkind? Or Terry is it, Goodkind it's good spelled kind. incorrectly. Goodkind spelled incorrectly. <laughs> Different Terry Goodkind. Yeah. So so there you go. It yeah. actually is Terry Goodklind. Good, they spelled it very incorrectly. Yeah. So that one was my favorite when that one mm-hmm. popped up. And then eventually Tor got wind of this and like, we can't have this. This is too much shenanigans. We need to stop and this so right we quickly, now. Got a bunch of screenshots of some of the reviews, and then it vanished like the next week. Yeah. Now, when you actually did start putting out Stormlight, mm-hmm. was reusing the title Way of Kings inspired in any part by the fact that people already knew it, or was it already in your head, no, it was, I'm going to use this one day, yeah, no matter what? It was what. really solidified. Because like, you were talking about Way of Kings back in college. I was. So I had built Stormlight and half of Stormlight started as Dragonsteel, mm-hmm. right? And you read that in college too. Yeah. So yeah, I was very committed to that title. Okay. But other titles I've had the worst trouble with, like my YA series, right? Skyward was easy. I wanted to name it Skyward. In fact, mm-hmm. people were kind of against that because there's like a teenage software for turning in your grades in schools that's called Skyward or something, a back end. And so the people at the YA publisher are like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. I just, I like the title. Like it, got to use it. It conveys momentum. You didn't consider using Canvas? That's the other big uh, grade submission software. Something just like Canvas, though, as (laughs) I understand. And so that one was easy. Okay. But then each of the other titles have been very hard because I come up with something and then you get the editors and marketing people at the publisher get these looks. They're like, mm, yeah. I don't that's know a, about this. It's a good working title. Um, but you it's know. not. See, I used to work for years and years and years mm-hmm. in marketing and advertising as part of you know, creative department for a bunch of different companies. And at one of them where we made home fitness machines 
Yes. We had to name just countless treadmills and ellipticals and things, Mm -hmm. rowers and bikes, every year, every season. And always the thing that they were hammering on was, give us a Hemi. Do you remember those Hemi commercials? Like where the cars would be stopped at the light and some like rowdy dudes would say, that thing got a Hemi? And Hemi is a Latin prefix that means half. Like, uh-huh. it is the least inspiring word. Yeah, I always saw those commercials and had no idea what they were selling. Yeah. To this day, I couldn't tell you what they're selling. It was an engine. A Hemi is a cool engine. But I don't buy an engine. I buy a car. Exactly. But you buy this car because it has a Hemi, because you saw some rowdy dudes in a truck that asking really? if it had one. I've never asked what kind of engine no. my car has. Yeah. No, I don't either. That's super common. You and I trucks. are not car is people at Hemi, all. Cummins, yeah, th- okay. that's, a, yeah. that's a thing. Okay. But, but a among car person. people... It, it was a big deal. Uh-huh. And they always wanted, like, give us a Hemi. Give us something that's that iconic. Man. And the answer always is, well, okay, give us the marketing budget for those commercials that turned this stupid word that means half into something that sounds awesome and car people love it. And without that backing, no, I can't give you a Hemi. I can't just come up with a word that magically everyone is going to love. Man, that- that's not how titles work. That phrase sounds like it should get us an explicit rating. <laughs> I can't give you a Hemi. Yeah, the marketing people, I don't know. They do know their thing, but it's very strange in that in a series, like the first book, mm-hmm. I can totally understand being concerned about. The fifth book of a Stormlight Archive <laughs> or the fourth or third book of Skyward the title doesn't matter. Yeah. It does, but it doesn't. There's a dwindling tale of people. Mm-hmm. Your audience is very explicitly the people who already bought and loved the first ones. Yes. And so, yeah, at that point, you could call it, eh, here's another book. And the same people would buy it, right? Yeah. The third book of the Skyward series, I wanted to call Nowhere. The book involves this alternate dimension called the Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Your various upside down or neverwhere or whatever, you know, it's yeah. it's it's your alternate dark dimension. Now, and you called that one Cytonic. Yes. You broke the card cycle rule because we had Skyward, Sky Sight, and then you didn't do Sky again on the third yeah, It would Star Sight. It, it was okay, starting Star Sight. So I did that intentionally because mm-hmm. if you do it three times, you have to do it four times. Okay. If you do it twice, you do not have to do it three times. Two is not a sequence. Two into Two is three. A coincidence. It's absolutely a sequence. No, it's not. It's not. If your name is Daniel, I don't even know what your middle name is. Daniel Wells. Daniel, Andrew. Andrew. Daniel Andrew Wells Jr., you do not have to name your kid third. No, that's true. But if you are the third and you got to live with a cool name, because being a third is cool, mm-hmm. and your dad had to deal with Junior, which is kind of awful. Junior? Mm-hmm. Third is definitely cooler than junior. Yes. But I would argue that fourth, fifth, et cetera, that's still awesome. It is. That's why I'm saying if yeah. your parents had to deal with junior and they respected you enough to give you third, which is cool, you at that point have to do fourth. Alan. You, you would be obligated. Alan Layton the third. Alan. Who did not name his son Alan Layton the fourth. Um, he didn't? No, he didn't. What kind no. of a... This kid's named after Sam Vimes. Combo breaker? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yep. That's and so, ridiculous. Yeah. In the same way, if you're a junior, you don't have to do a third. You can. It's a good idea, because third mm-hmm. is cool, right? In the same way, starting 
I did it with the Stormlight also. I have the Way of Kings and Words of Radiance that both have an of in the center. Mm-hmm. If I'd done the third one as that kind of fantasy, Game of Thrones, Wheel of Time, this and yeah. this. Blink a blink. I would have been trapped to do it for the rest of the series. So you had to break out of it early. So I had to break out of it on the third one. If I ever wanted to be naming books other things, mm-hmm. I think. And so... Now, I should not be griping about this because, again, back to the John Cleaver books, uh-huh. each trilogy has one and three follow the same pattern and the middle book breaks the pattern. Is Mr. Monster middle book? Mr. Monster is the middle. second book. Okay, I always So the think first that's the one is one. Yeah. I blank. I yes. am not a serial killer. The third mm-hmm. one is I don't want to kill you. Yes. Those are obviously in a pattern with each other. And the second one is Mr. Monster. In the second trilogy, the first one is The Devil's Only Friend. Mm-hmm. And the last one is Nothing Left to Lose. Both of those were overtly quotes from 70s folk songs. Yes. And that's what I tried to do with book two. For a long time, it was Six Crooked Highways, which is a Bob Dylan quote. And then, again, Karsten, my German editor, came up with Over Your Dead Body. And we all said, oh, well, that's way better. It breaks the pattern, but we're absolutely going to do it. I think you're okay. No one would even have noticed because you're breaking out on the second one, which yeah. establishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, even now stronger. that I've done that two mm-hmm. trilogies in a row, if yeah. for some reason I ever do a third John Cleaver trilogy, which I don't have plans to do, but were I to, I would feel obligated to do the same thing again. What do have you f- a first and third title that match and a second that doesn't. What do you feel about the whole series title, book title? So I've run into this thing with Mistborn. Mistborn, I called The Final Empire, the first book Mm -hmm. in the series, was going to be Mistborn. And this was one of those things where the publisher was like, calling it the final something when it's the first book in a series might be confusing. Yeah. That's just the U.S. editor. The U.K. editor's like, ah, it's a great title. We'll name it The Final Empire. And the U.S. editor, Moshe's like, "Um, with the marketing people, what Mm -hmm. if we just called it Mistborn? Like Star Wars... Episode four is just Star Wars in everyone's brain, even yeah. though it does have a subtitle. We'll put the Final Empire on well, the Well, it title was page. it was it didn't have a subtitle for a while. Yes, it didn't. But I had the same problem, mm-hmm. similar problem with uh, Extreme Makeover, because part of my whole joke in the title was it was called Extreme Makeover Apocalypse Edition, right? Which was very overtly a pastiche of Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Right. And, you know, we got that cleared through legal. Tor Mm -hmm. said, you know, we're not going to get in trouble. We can call it this if we want. But then, even after that legal work had been done, they backed out and said, we're really worried that if people think this is the apocalypse edition of the book, they're going to look for the normal edition of the book and be confused. Oh, that's so dumb. So it does say on the title page, apocalypse Mm -hmm. edition, but on the cover, it does not. Those marketing people sometimes. Jeremy's not here, right? (laughs) Those marketing people sometimes. Like, I can kind of almost get the Final Empire thing. And it also meant that we were placing one good title with another good title. Mistborn has Mm -hmm. worked really well. But you just got a great title replaced with a medium-ish title. Extreme Makeover is still a very good title. Mm -hmm. I'm still very proud of it. For a book about... Cloning technology and mm-hmm. a beauty company that destroys the world. Extreme Makeover is a very good title. But, but Apocalypse Edition is so much better. Isn't Extreme Makeover... I was shocked that's not trademarked. It was not trademarked among books. Okay. It's okay. trademarked as TV shows right. and okay. various forms of merchandise connected to them. That makes but sense. But as a book title, no. 
It had never been used. We could use it. And if you we don't wanted. reference the television show at all. And so you're, that's, yeah, that's why you do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the television show. That was just yeah. my own stupid joke that I was making. Now, you might think that I would think that's a bad title because I was saying your title referencing something else with What's Up Doc. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yours is topical. It's when yeah. the show was doing well, you wrote it, therefore, kind of borrow some fame in a way. Yeah. It is part of the gestalt. Is that how you say that word? Gestalt. Gestalt. That's how I would say it. And so it actually yeah. works as a topical title, but only if you, I think, have the apocalypse edition, because as just Extreme Makeover, I would assume that's about the show. Really? Yeah. Because hey. if there's a show called Extreme Makeover, and then there's mm-hmm. a book called Extreme Makeover, <laughs> if there's a show called The Wheel of Time, and the book series that's called The Wheel of Time yeah. is not related to it at all, mm-hmm. I would be very suspicious of that. And well, so- and this is where we get into, first of all, mm-hmm. again, back to the legal and trademark copyright yes. issues. You could name the next Stormlight book Gone with the Wind if you I wanted could. to. Like because you, titles, titles are not protected. Aren't protected. But some things are. Like, Mm -hmm. we have been able to trademark Stormlight Archive. Oh, So series titles are. Book titles are not, (laughs) which is actually a good thing because Mm -hmm. there's lots of generic-ish titles that can get reused and things like that. Yeah. That it's good for the industry to have that. And I actually, I think this distinction is good because... Being able to trademark Star Wars as the name of the whole thing you're doing, but Mm -hmm. not trademark individual titles, gives you kind of a halfway point between. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, going back again to my days naming treadmills, those are very strict. Mm. And because we needed something that we could trademark, we had to do extensive searches for every name we proposed to make sure that it was not already in use in our categories. Mm -hmm. If you had to do that for book titles you'd never be able to name another book. No, you wouldn't. Which is why, you know, everyone's MMO character is some ridiculous combination of letters and numbers and things that yeah. we would much rather call ourselves just Night Slayer, but we have to be Night Slayer 72 or whatever. I like what they've started to do on those, by the way. Tangent. Uh, a lot of the games I've been seeing just let you name yourself Night Slayer, and then they have a hidden number mm-hmm. attached to it that's on your character profile. Yeah. It's like Night Slayer, and then you're like, User number this. Yeah. And so... different. Which is a good way of doing this. Yeah. My book, The Hollow City... Mm-hmm. Which is which, a great title. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It is a great title. It got reused just a mm-hmm. couple of years after. Whatever, what's his name, who did the Miss Peregrine School for yeah. Peculiar Children, mm-hmm. the second book in that series is The Hollow City. And so... And, you know, that book is a zillion times more popular than my book, The Hollow City. So when people go looking for his book, sometimes they will stumble across mine and wonder what it is. Yeah, The Hollow City is one of Dan's experimental books. Yes. That should say something. Because (laughs) if it's experimental for Dan, then... Yeah. It was in part the book that inspired Legion. Mm, yes, it was. My Legion series. Legion was you reading my weird experimental book and saying, okay, this is good, but I can do this in a way that sells. Yes, basically <laughs> it was. It was like, and I actually tried to get you to write Legion. And you're mm-hmm. like, Brandon, you should write that book series. You should write it yourself. That sounds like a Brandon magic I system. Said, Brandon, you know, a lot of aspiring writers come to me and with book <laughs> ideas. Says the guy who's <laughs> written two books with me now. I know. Yeah. I can't make too much fun, but- 
I was trying to do something very specific and very thrillery and very uh, really kind of dark and mind bendy with Hollow City, which is not really what Legion is. No. Though they both share the same core premise of let's delve really deep into schizophrenia. Yeah. Legion is what if it were a superpower? And Hollow City is what, what is if Hollow this, City? <laughs> what if this really, really sucked? What if oh, this it's sucked, realistic. But also there was yeah, weird the, supernatural things going on and the same themes reflect like nine times. Yeah. The idea so. of what if someone who was legitimately schizophrenic treated very well and respectfully. I mean, you have some family members. Mm-hmm. My brother has schizophrenia. That are schizophrenic, a family member. And yet this person that you are delving into the psychology in a very respectful way also is experiencing supernatural things. Yeah. And you don't know, are they real or are they not and, real? And, and, and in a way, actually, yeah. by the end of Hollow City, schizophrenia is his superpower that helps him defeat the monsters. Mm. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> but, Yeah. I had one other title thing that I was going to say. Oh, yeah? And now I don't remember what it is. Well, here, let me ask this question, because Mm -hmm. I will occasionally stumble across this. And I'll offer an example, but I'm going to ask the question first. Have you ever had or come across a title that is just so flawless you wish you'd thought of it first? Oh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is a really good one. It's just so good, even though most of the dinosaurs are not from the Jurassic period. (laughs) And it is such a good title. I found, actually while researching Hollow City, mm-hmm. a beautiful little kind of nonfiction book called The Hypochondriac's Guide to 100 Diseases You Probably Already Have, which is one of my favorite titles of all time. That is an awesome title. I honestly think The Hollow City is like, oh, wow, that's such a good title. I wish I could such have a good one. named a book The Hollow City. You should have named your legion The Hollow City. <laughs> For what reason? Just because we could. Okay. See, I would go some very fantasy direction for the Hollow City mm. that would have been, yeah. I often run across cool words used mm-hmm. in a fantasy setting, be like, ah, oh, that's a cool word. I'm going to have to find a place to use that word, but now I can't use it the same way that this other thing that I'm experiencing <laughs> has used it. And so, yeah, like Elden Ring is using tarnished for people, people yeah. who are the tarnished. That's a really great term. Mm-hmm. It evokes something. It has a feel to it. It works very well in their lore. You know, the tarnished. It's just like you're always in a fantasy, at least me. I'm always looking for names for groups of people, names of this, you know, this order of knights, names for this team that they, people name themselves, names yeah. for this group of outcasts. And finding ones that work is very difficult and them nailing one like the tarnished so good well and in particular with fantasy finding one that hasn't been used a million times already there was i remember tor.com did a few years ago some really funny series of yes you know taking like the word cloud of fantasy novels and finding statistically the words that pop up the most often Yes. And, you know, they're all... Shadow of the Shadow of the Night Dragon, something like that. Which, yes, you can absolutely think of 10 different books that all have most of those words in the title. I think that was a Scalzi thing. Scalzi ended up writing, like, a fake chapter for one of them. I don't know if it it originated with him or not. Maybe it did. Sorry, John. I mean, I I can see John just, you know, joking with his editor Mm -hmm. and them coming up with this in him. But, yeah. Or maybe... throwing that out there. But, yeah, Shadow of the Night Dragon. (laughs) for the longest time in sci-fi fantasy 
titles with the word dragon in it sold appreciably better. Mm-hmm. And science fiction titles with the word star in them sold appreciably yeah. better. I don't know if this is cause or correlation, right? Because for the longest time, dragons were, back in the 80s, were the thing. All the dragon books. Yeah, Everybody was writing dragon books. And this was partially because Anne McCaffrey sold so well and is a fantastic mm-hmm. writer and just wrote these amazing books. And so there were lots of copycats. And then she was, yeah. Yeah. But dragon is still today an awesome thing. Yes. Even among audiences who have never even heard of Anne McCaffrey. Yeah. I've got, you know, book two in my science fiction middle grade is Dragon Planet, Mm -hmm. which is, again, a title that I think works very well. It says Mm -hmm. fantasy and science fiction at the same time. And when I am at a convention and an eight-year-old walks by the booth, they will immediately see that title and think, oh, this is the book for me. Yeah. Dragon Planet will grab them. And then I have to say, that's the second book. Here's the first one. And they're like, zero G. I don't even know what that means. Right. So you done messed up is what you're saying? Done messed up. No, because the parents will be like, oh, yeah, let's let's just buy them both. And Mm. so that works well for me. The thing that I think I messed up is I called my cyberpunk series the Mirador series. Right. Which at the time I was very excited about that because I was like, this is all about the neighborhood where they live. This Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. And in hindsight, no, it absolutely should have been the Cherry Dogs because that's the name of the team. Yeah, the team. The sports Mm -hmm. team. And yeah, the Cherry Dog books makes a million times more sense and is more marketable than just the Mirador books. I don't know. Mirador's a good word. It's a good word. I like it, but Cherry Dogs would have been better. Boy, have I messed up any titles? Hmm. They're titles that I regret. Hmm. Trying to think. I mean, I tell the story, I've told it before on the podcast, that Elantris was originally named Adonis. Yep. Spelled exactly like like Adonis. Adonis. Because I was just coming up with aeons for the language, yeah. and you guys are like, this is a great book. What does it have to do with the Greek god? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess demigod, maybe. I don't yeah. know. What, what that is uh, my foreword for the mm-hmm. anniversary edition of Elantris. Yeah. If you can get a hold of that, I have a whole essay about that. But yeah. yeah. But you guys. But we caught you before caught you me. named it the Spirit of Adonis. Yes. And then it was the Spirit of Elantris for a while, mm-hmm. which is a pun about the book. And Dave was like, just call it Elantris. Elantris is a cool, mm-hmm. evocative word. Just go with yeah. that. It's better than making it more clunky. And so thank you, Dave, up in heaven for yeah. your uh, help naming my book. And that feels like a much more old school thing, mm. right? Like to name your fantasy book one made up word. Like yes. that's a Tigana, yeah. Paralandria, like that kind of stuff that I don't see as often anymore. No, you don't. Now, we entered an era where blood in the title was the thing. <laughs> that was the mid-aughts to mm. early teens. It's a grim, dark thing, yeah, I'm assuming. I guess. But for a while, blood in the title was your like big hallmark. And I don't know where it's going now. I haven't really looked at the new ones to see. At least it's not going in the way... That all of those mangas and light novels go. Have you oh, read these yes. things? And we've talked about light novels before, yes. and I maintain mm-hmm. still that I want all titles to be like 17 words long. How's that, Ben? 